coming up on podcast 1612 yet another record-breaking tesla quarter of how many cars they made and delivered stick around and i'll tell you more also on the podcast today we'll have a look at rivian's production we'll have a look at the kia soul getting a new model for the 2023 model year and maserati go ev with the gran turismo folgore and how special is this super electric maserati well those stories and a lot more coming up on the show today good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are in the world it's ev news daily your trusted source of ev information for the first day of the week monday 3rd of october my name is martin lee my job to go through every ev story and whittle it down to filter it down to save you time because heck i know you're busy and thank you very much to everyone who supports on patreon welcome to a new patreon executive producer signing up in the last 24 hours helmut Helmut Selker, thank you very much. Your name's in the show notes now. If you check out the Patreon uh, feed of this show, and by the way, if you do add your own RSS feed into your podcast app, you get an ad free feed by being a Patreon supporter at any level. Um, and of course, get your name mentioned, exec producer, and above every week. We'll start with that Tesla news and deliveries, a record setting in Q3, the third quarter of the year, 343 thousand vehicles actually almost three hundred and forty four thousand uh three four three eight thirty that's global so global deliveries of all four models the s the three the x and the y an all-time record for their deliveries by the way previous record not last quarter had a bit of a stinker in q2 uh the previous best was q1 earlier this year and it's not even close between um, the vehicles they make. Unfortunately, they don't split it out by model. I say unfortunately. It's not really essential that we know the information. Uh, they do the S and the X, and they delivered 18,672 of those, but they delivered 325,000 threes and Ys. The S and the X continue to be a rounding error on their books. And don't get me wrong, I'd rather they had those cars than not because... Both of those are very, very special Halo vehicles, and uh, and I absolutely wouldn't turn either of those away from my driveway. But in terms of the business and what you see on the roads and, and having those vehicles out there, the only cars they make are the 3 and the Y in terms of the, the raw numbers. Uh, got a little quote here from Tesla for you. They said, in the third quarter, we produced over 365,000 vehicles and delivered over 343,000. Historically, our delivery volumes have skewed towards the end of each quarter due to regional batch building of cars. As our production volumes continue to grow, it's becoming increasingly challenging to secure vehicle transportation capacity and at a reasonable cost during these peak logistics weeks. In Q3, we began transitioning to a more even regional mix of vehicle builds each week, which led to an increase in cars in transit at the end of the quarter. These cars have been ordered and will be delivered to customers upon arrival at their destination. That's really interesting because they've got more cars in transit. They've got more stock, although all those cars are spoken for, so to speak, but uh, than ever before. Uh, and that's, it's been interesting to watch it here in Europe as well because there's actually people who have sort of dedicated a lot of time to working out their logistics in terms of, you know, they, they'll say on the websites, oh, if you order a Model 3, it's this many weeks or months to wait. But of course, when you order a, 
a white Model 3 with the dark interior, you know, you're not ordering a vehicle. You're not ordering... It's not your vehicle. But they are such experts at knowing the mix of vehicles that get ordered that they're going to make batches of them in their factories. And then when they're made, when they're on the boat, they'll look at who's ordered what and they'll put you in the queue and they'll say, hey, your one is on the way. And because of the way that it's worked, people have spent a lot of time trying to work out, you know, when's the best time to order one if you're in Europe and it's either coming, it was coming from Fremont, now it's coming from Shanghai. And actually now 2,000 Model Ys a week are coming from, from Berlin. So that'll definitely change the dynamics a little bit if they're going to be shipping them more regularly and not having an end of quarter uh, push. 20,000 vehicles in inventory at the end of the quarter is more than I can ever remember, actually. But like I say, they're sold and spoken for. They have previously, uh, through Elon Musk's leaked, you know, these things leak, but they're kind of intentional, aren't they, um, to uh, communications to the employees, uh, that he was all about prioritizing costs over delivery numbers. Uh, Tesla managed a new delivery record by 30,000 units over their previous number. Tesla, uh, yesterday night, it was actually uh, my time, announcing um, lower than expected vehicle deliveries. And who expected them? Well, you know, this isn't a financial podcast because I don't really understand all of that game that people play with stock prices. But the analysts expected a number. And uh, those logistical challenges um, seem to have overshadowed it somewhat. I think it's an amazing achievement. It's awesome. Well done, Tesla. I see so many of them. They are, you know, basically they're like a Camry these days. I just see them everywhere. And, um, uh, you know, they're not so special to see anymore. Um, Still special to see um, a Model Y here in the UK, but threes are everywhere. And uh, I can't imagine if you're in California, it's like, you know, you don't even pay attention now when you see when you, when you see a Tesla. Um, Elon Musk said last night that smoothing out the crazy end of quarter delivery wave was to, re- uh, to um, reduce the costs and relieve stress. Tesla again asked employees to help deliver a high volume of vehicles waiting for customers at the end of the quarter. And I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, their target for the quarter we, uh, in Q4 is 495,000 vehicles. So that's probably split, you know, 250 in Shanghai and 250 rest of the world between threes and whys. Why were the analysts let down? Um, I don't know. Can I explain that? Like I say, this isn't a, um, an, an analyst's podcast. I think it's an amazing achievement. It'll push other automakers forward and and show that there is that demand out there for electric vehicles. If only other EV uh, makers and uh, OEMs would but yeah, if only they could produce more, they would sell a lot more. They've all got their own reasons why they're, you know, why they're not doing um, doing that. One of the um, podcasters I've, I've enjoyed over the years um, is a chap called Rob from Tesla Daily. Over the years, I think, reading between the lines, he's made a lot of money out of investing in Tesla. So these days, he tends to be very pro-Tesla, always finds the bright side. I would be as well. Look, if I had like a, you know, a million quid in Tesla, you know, paid off my house... I think it would skew my vision a little bit, you know, my uh, my unbiased nature. So he has become more of that kind of YouTube channel these days. But even he was on Twitter last night saying, you know, this is a little bit disappointing, which is surprising uh, because he's not, you know, there are those Tesla accounts that are like, yay, everything's brilliant. Everything's amazing. I want Elon's children. Please, no more Elon children. You know, when you look at those kind of more impartial commentators, you think, mm, Okay, maybe there is something in this then, but I don't see any downside to that. It's brilliant. Well done. Fantastic achievement. Uh, Now, let's talk a little bit about Rivian's production. It is on a different level, obviously. Rivian made 
7,000 vehicles in the third quarter. <laughs> it's its highly, highest quarter to date, of course. You know, Tesla had more vehicles in inventory uh, by a factor of more than, uh, you know, almost three, uh, more than two, two and a half, really, uh, on track to produce 25,000 vehicles across the year. Rivian had wanted to build 50,000 vehicles across the year, but halved their guidance. Look, it's Rivian, Lucid, it's tough. They're making amazing products, but really tough to do what they're doing and trying to scale. Now, let's talk a little bit about how many EVs are coming. Automotive News put up a, an article yesterday uh, listing nearly 150 EVs and plugins coming over the next few years. So, of course, I took that as a challenge. I was like, okay, well, let's have a look at your list then and see how thorough it is. Um, and I'm not going to go through... 150 vehicles with you, uh, but they've split it into year. I'll pop a link in the show notes if you want to read more. Nearly 150 different plug-in vehicles on their way. These are, And this is to the US, by the way. It's not global, not China. To the US between now and the middle of the decade. It's actually really impressive when... So if I just look at this year, look at 2022. Uh, the BMW i7, Mercedes EQE, the plug-in Mitsubishi Outlander, the Nissan Aria, the Polestar 3 before the end of this year, the Subaru Solterra, the Volkswagen ID4 US made. And that's just the ones for this year. You start to look for next year. You've got the Alfa Romeo Tonali, BMW's i5, BMW's M badge, the XM is coming. Uh, the Chevrolets, the Blazer, the Equinox, the Cadillac, uh, Celestic, the Silverado EV. If that does come next year in 2023, it should do. It's meant to go on sale in spring. That's going to be a huge, huge deal. The work version won't go on sale yet, but that's going to be just a, a, around 40 grand. And the Ford F-150 is creeping up towards 50 to get into it. So that's going to be interesting. Look, there's the Genesis, the, um, the Hummer, SUV, not the truck. Um, there's a new Kona coming to the US, the facelifted one. Kia EV9s, the big SUV. Now, I won't go through them all now, but as you, as you work your way into the middle of the decade uh, and you look at how many vehicles are coming, it is, you know what, it's deeply impressive. It's deeply impressive how many EVs, when you put them into a list and you start to go, right, 22, 23, 24, 25, what's going to be on the market? And look, the US market desperately needs more choice um, and we've had it over here in Europe for a while now with a big choice of not you know slightly smaller more compact cars perhaps um, a bit more choice but that's fantastic uh, link in the show notes you want to go through that and uh, nerd out a little bit right coming up on the podcast soon we'll talk about the first electric Maserati oh my goodness this thing looks amazing and BYD the Chinese company their sales hitting fresh records as well stick around those stories are on the way now we'll talk the Kia Soul EV, and over here in the UK, they're adding an entry-level model. Traditionally, only available with the big battery, 64 kilowatt hour, 280 miles of range, same battery as the Nero. Now they're going to offer a baby Soul. The Soul EV, some would say, have looks that only a mother could love, but I quite... I'm quite keen on that thing, actually. It's the slab back end looks insanely practical. Um, it's called the Urban model. And all it is, it's the little battery from the little battery Nero. So the Urban model has the 39.2 kilowatt hour entry-level Soul EV. Really pleased that they're not just forgetting these vehicles now that they've got their dedicated EGMP platform. Starts, though, at 33 grand. Woo! And the big battery one now starts at 39 yeah, there's been some big price increases on the Kona, the Nero, the Soul. 
in I say recently but you know my mind you know what I think is like a couple of months is normally over the period of a couple of years because you know I'm getting old now so <laughs> it's all blending into one now let's talk about the Maserati the Gran Turismo Gran Turismo Folgore uh, was um, debuted earlier today first fully electric model in the brand's history active grill at the front uh, with turbulence reducing air suspension that lowers the faster you go 800 volt architecture 92.5 kilowatt hour battery that's gross and the way that it's arranged in a kind of t section with a center tunnel where the transmission tunnel would be no flat floor system on this or rather skateboard design, if you like, because it raises the car too much. It's why so many EVs have been crossovers or SUVs at this stage of the adoption curve, because you can make those vehicles bigger and higher and disguises it a little bit, uh, whereas a low sports car, you can't do that with. And so uh, the batteries have been placed where they can stuff them, um, and sort of under the seats and under the floor where the transmission tunnel would be, kind of a T configuration. What that does is when you get inside the Maserati, it puts your hip point as you're sitting in those sports seats, very, very, very low to the ground. And it has 300 kilowatt motors, has three of them, one on the front axle and two on the rear axles for a bit of torque vectoring, cheeky, and over 1,200 horsepower theoretical. Now, that 1,200 horsepower theoretical, is dependent on what you can pull from the battery pack, discharge capacity, probably limits that to about 750 uh, horsepower and oh, only around a thousand pound feet of torque so you know uh to 62 miles an hour 2.7 seconds uh, 124 miles an hour and 8.8 seconds 200 mile an hour top speed this is a beast i love it 270 kilowatt dc fast charging um capable like the uh, Porsche Taycan and the Audi e-tron GT3 digital displays inside and it's got all the the software tricks that you would expect from a mature EV to have like when you navigate to a DC fast charger it's going to start preconditioning the battery which EVs should I'm just saying that not all of them do depending on the route that you're taking it will work out your dynamic range and tell you the best cruising distance in real time so by the middle of the decade a maserati will have a battery version for each of their models and by 2030 they'll be fully electric now let's go to china and byd seventh consecutive monthly sales record for the ev maker in september uh, selling 200,000 over 200,000 units uh, for the first time the sales surging 187 percent year on year for byd and uh, the split is increasingly towards uh, pure bevs rather than plug-in hybrids. GM are boosting their Bolt production. And that's a good thing. The Bolt is an amazing vehicle. Unless you want to start road tripping it. Uh, my friend Tom Malogny has a video to check out on his State of Charge YouTube channel um, where he doesn't even call it DC fast charging. He sort of tongue-in-cheek says it's just DC charging because he was over two hours, over two hours uh, charging that from zero to 100% on a recent on the new Bolt fast charging test, or just charging test as he called it. Our highest quarterly sales of the Bolt at 14,709. Uh, so GM is boosting Bolt production uh, to more than 70,000 for the year 2023. That'll be up from 44,000 this year, and that's a good thing. Uh, Cadillac Lyric production will be increasing in the fourth quarter now that we're in they're going to start ramping up the lyric and they reiterated they are on target for the silverado ev the chevy blazer and the equinox ev all on schedule still 
Now, Ford are saying that they must make their EVs insanely great because people won't just buy them because they want to be green or even look green. Ford believes customers are choosing exciting EVs rather than ones that are just kind of more efficient and save the planet. Darren Palmer is the VP of Electric Vehicle Programs for Ford Model E, explaining the company's focus for their battery-powered models isn't like taking an existing model and swapping the, some batteries in, uh, telling carsguide.com.au, the next vehicle we're doing is an Explorer-type vehicle, and we're working on making making that insanely great. My boss says to me uh, that both Jim Farley, the president and CEO, and uh, head of Model E, Doug Fields, that if it's like today but a bit better, it's cancelled. He said, we use that all the time in meetings. If it's like today but a bit better cancel it. We're not going to make that. It's not the winning formula. The winning formula for Ford is to pick the segments our customers love and figure out how to make them insanely great. Well, uh, Darren Palmer explained, it's why that Ford has pushed down its path uh, the EVs that they've made, focusing on design, performance, Mustang Mach-E, Ford F-150, etc. You know, and I'm I'm right there because I didn't buy our first EV all those years ago, little Renault Zoe, little white one, 22 kilowatt hour battery, uh, to save the planet or be green. Bought it because it was just better in every way than the car my wife was driving at the time. We bought it for many reasons. Cheaper, more fun, great driving around town. Uh, it was pre-family. It was pre-little man. But um, we didn't buy it because we are like, oh, we're going to be ever so green and save the planet and drive electric. It was part of it. Don't get me wrong. It was it was part of the mix of, dis- of the decision. But it wasn't the sole decision. So I know, I know what Ford mean by that. You, you can't just make EVs and say, oh, please buy them and, and, and be green and wear them like a badge. Look, that's like 15 years ago people were thinking like that. Now, finally, uh, the AAA uh, have added uh, a new facility for their their members. I mentioned this yesterday, Recurrent Auto, a sponsor of this podcast, and yet two days in a row I found some news about them. So there's, you know, uh, full disclosure, um, Recurrent provide detailed battery reports that give the owners a monthly health check on their battery pack and AAA said that the health of a battery pack is important and can affect range ratings and charging rates depending on the health of the battery it's why they're partnering with recurrent to give a monthly status update on your battery if you're a member of AAA, i'll pop a link to that story in the show notes you can find out more right question of the week taking a wee break for a while but it will return and thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, um, Richard at rsev.co.uk. You have been to his website, haven't you? I do all the time. I keep window shopping for stuff I can't afford. Uh, for buying and selling all sorts of EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe... When it comes to charging, they got you covered. They make it simple with one app and one map. Millbrookcottages.co.uk, where you can book your brilliant breaks in five-star luxury cottages in Devon. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>